stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So I uh, didn't get to see the big fights on Saturday. I'm typically not a UFC guy, more of a boxing guy myself. But I was intrigued and I was tempted to go watch the fight Saturday night uh, between Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov. And it was probably the, the biggest fight maybe in UFC history, but certainly right up there. And a big part of that is Conor McGregor. Same thing with the Floyd Mayweather fight. Conor McGregor is a draw. People want to see him fight, either because they are fans of his and want him to win, or in the case of a lot of people, probably me included, they wanted to see him get his you-know-what kicked. And for the most part, that's exactly what happened on Saturday. He did lose and uh, lost decisively. Uh, Khabib choked him out in the fourth round and remains undefeated. Unfortunately, the fight itself is, I think, going to be overshadowed, is being overshadowed by the chaos that ensued afterward. Uh, UFC President Dana White expressed his disappointment. It's bad. There's going to be an investigation by the Nevada State Athletic Commission, and uh, and uh, there's going to be big money fines, and these guys are in big trouble. I mean, the Nevada Athletic Commission, uh, I think, takes these things very seriously. Uh, There's a lot of hypocrisy, I think, on the UFC's part in the way they played up that incident from back in April when McGregor and his entourage were attacking the bus. Right, how disgraceful that was. All that same kind of talk from Dana White back in April. Conor McGregor's back in the fold, headline a big event, using all of that footage to promote it. I'm sure if there is a rematch at some point down the road, I'm sure they'll use footage from Saturday night to promote that. Well, joining us to talk more about the aftermath of uh, what went down in Las Vegas uh, on Saturday night is Adam Hill, uh, covers uh, MMA for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Adam, thanks so much for joining us here. Yeah, of course, no problem. It was uh, it was quite a wild night. There's no question about that. It was, and I mean, should we have expected something like that? Just given how high the tensions were going in, what we saw back in April, or were you as shocked as everybody else? Oh, the simple answer is yes. I mean, we, we should have expected it. Uh, I will say that um, I had told uh, my, you know, my mom and, and the people in my family, I said, you know, because they were all going to watch the fight. And I said, well, don't don't turn it off at the end. Uh, it's not over. When it's over, it's not over. Something is going to happen. This is not two guys stepping in the cage to fight each other uh, for sport like we usually see in the UFC. This is real life. I mean, there's so many storylines. The backstories between these two fighters and their camps, you could probably do an entire show on. And it's fascinating, the political dynamics, the, uh, you know, <laughs> back in Ireland, the, the, the weird relationship that Conor McGregor and some of his people have had with uh, some very shadowy figures in Ireland as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of backstories going between these guys. And then, you know, you mentioned the incident with the bus. You know, that was Conor and his team going after Nurmagomedov for something that he had said to one of Connor's teammates, uh, you know, they got on a plane and flew over to attack Nurmagomedov. That was not, uh, right. you know, that was not a promotional thing. That was a, that was a real life uh, situation. And Nurmagomedov had said last week, uh, you know, when the fight's over, I'm not shaking his hand. This is not over. This is a real situation where Connor had said, you know, Connor does things to promote fights. And, but he had talked about, um, you know, a lot of political things. He had talked about, uh, 
the Magomedov family. Uh, he called his manager a dirty terrorist rat. Yeah. Uh, he called, you know, he said all these things. And Nurmagomedov is not, you know, he's, he's not about that. I mean, he's not about promoting fights. He just goes out and fights and, and goes about his business. And he didn't really understand that McGregor was just doing it for business. In fact, if you watch the fight, uh, Nurmagomedov in the third round was, uh, excuse me, the second round was just destroying uh, Connor and talking to him the whole time. He was pinning him down punching him and telling him that he needs to show more respect and everything else. And McGregor stands up at one point in the fight. And if you listen to some of the behind the scenes, he stands up, he goes, Hey, that was just business. Like, I don't <laughs> know what you're talking about. And it was not to Nurmagomedov. So yeah. after the fight, he wins. And one of the guys in McGregor's corner, Dylan Dennis, who's also a professional fighter, uh, just would not, he still wouldn't give it up. He was still yelling terrible things into Nurmagomedov into the cage. And that just set him off and it triggered him. And that's not to excuse what, Nurmagomedov did. It, you can't do that. You have to understand that the field of play is the field of play. You can't exit it. You can't go outside. But there is there is a reason why he was so mad, why he did not just, you know, win the fight and move on and just accept it. Like, there's a reason uh, that he was so uh, irate and angered. And, and, you know, there is a backstory to it. So all of that said, and when I say these things, I know a lot of people say, oh, why are you taking a side or anything right. else? It's not that. It's just there's a reason for why all that anger was there. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems as though the UFC is willing to to walk that line and, and play with fire 100%. because, right, it, it helps the promotion. But I guess, you know, you, you got to be careful when you're playing that angle because, you know, emotions will boil over. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think everybody that was involved in this is somewhat at fault. I mean, I think uh, we as media people covering the fights were somewhat at fault. I mean, we were... We, we were stoking. We loved every second of everything Connor was saying. I not loved it, but you, you could just envision, oh, this is great. This is going to generate interest. People are going to read my story because of this awful thing that Connor said. Um, but again, it's, you know, you kind of forget sometimes because you see the trash talk and that stuff so often you forget that it does really impact people's lives. And then, you know, when, when you start to get into the political aspects of things and, and you don't really understand the context of some of the things you're, you're printing that Connor is saying. Um, I, I think sometimes it gets carried away. And the, the UFC certainly, I mean, they they let Connor get away with what he did. Now, yes, he was punished by the state of New York. He went through the legal process and everything played out. But the UFC really didn't give him any penalty at all. In fact, you know, they were they rushed him back in as soon as the case was done. Uh, they allowed McGregor's new whiskey company to be, you know, yeah. a part of the promotion. It was, it was the logo was in the cage. I mean, there was zero penalty for what happened to connor and i think at that point as a fighter you're like okay i can do whatever i want well yeah and that's just it i mean you know what dana white was saying back in april sounds a lot like he's saying today uh and and maybe he's loving all of this the nevada state athletic commission though they're not caught up in all of the soap opera and and i'm sure they are going to take a dim view of all of this what, what's the latest on their response yeah so the nevada athletic commission is going to take action they're going to file today in fact it may have happened in the last you know 20 minutes a half hour um, they're going to file temporary suspensions, which is really all they can do at this point, 10 days, which is really, it's not, you know, neither one of them is going to fight in the next 10 days anyway, so that doesn't really matter, but it's more of a, a procedural thing, and it'll get the ball rolling uh, for their hearing. Uh, they're going to file for, formal complaints against both fighters because uh, at first they allowed uh, McGregor's check to be released to him. They they cleared him of wrongdoing in the brawl because it was Khabib that jumped over, but when you look at the wider angle, uh, Nurmagomedov jumps over the cage, and then Connor also jumped over the cage to go outside and get in the fight. 
Uh, he was just pulled back in by security, and then he threw a punch at somebody while he was on the fence trying to go over. So mm-hmm. he is also facing discipline. Uh, so they'll both have formal complaints filed against them. Uh, they'll they'll face hearings uh, in front of the Nevada Athletic Commission. And my guess right now at the top, uh, Nurmagomedov's original check was $2 million. He'll get a lot more of the pay-per-view cut, but the purse was $2 million. They've held that back. I would guess they're going to fine him somewhere between 500000 and a $1 million dollars. Uh, for his role in this and probably suspend him six to nine months, uh, which, again, he may not have fought during that time anyway. So uh, it's mostly just the fine that's going to matter here. Uh, McGregor will get somewhat less than that uh, for his penalty. And then what what the real issues, I think, are going to be for the other guys that came into the cage because a couple of them are actually fighters. In fact, two of them are on the UFC roster. So uh, I would I would imagine Dana White said the other day they'll never fight in the UFC again. I think that's very possible. Um and, you know, those that's going to be the guys with the ramifications coming their way. And then uh, for those that have seen the video, there's a guy in the very end in a red shirt that comes in the cage from outside in the crowd and starts throwing punches at McGregor. Yeah. Uh, they have said that they have identified that guy. They know who he is. And uh, they will be referring uh, him to the attorney general for uh, some very serious charges. Uh, in relation to this. So that's the person who's facing the most and probably should. He had nothing to do with anything. He just comes flying in and uh, tries to throw punches at McGregor in the cage. So uh, that guy is going to face the most serious uh, consequences of this. But uh, certainly there's going to be stiff penalties. But it's not. Gonna, it's nothing. Listen, if you're going to promote a fight this way and you're going to make an exponential amount of millions of dollars more because of all this promotion, and then in the end you get fined $500,000 or a million, uh, that's a good trade-off. So I, it's really, I don't know that it discourages this going forward. No, not at all. I mean, it's easy at this point to envision a scenario where Habib is stripped of the title, it somehow ends up with Conor McGregor, and, and there's the obvious rematch uh, a year from now. Yeah. How plausible do you think that is? Well, here, here's the thing on that. First of all, I was stunned that McGregor took this fight in the first place. Uh, Nurmagomedov will beat Conor McGregor 99 out of 100 times. He's just so. that much better than him. Uh, I said that to everybody that uh, did interviews with before the fight. He's just the style is horrible for Connor, and so I don't know that Connor would want to take the fight again. He took the fight because he wanted to prove a point, uh, because he was angry about what happened to his friend and all the back stories that I was referring to. That's why he took it, um, and he knew it would sell some. But Connor can sell against anyone. So I don't know that he takes that fight again unless he's just really riled up about everything and he wants to uh, let his emotion decide that next fight. I think there's a lot more uh, profitable fights out there for him. The biggest one, I think, is I believe at some point Conor McGregor does fight George St. Pierre. Uh, I think that would be an incredible fight, and I think it's a fight that would be the biggest fight in UFC history. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, George St. Pierre came back. He's kind of hedging on you know, what he wants to do, but that's a huge money fight. That's um, that that's the kind of fight that he came back for. Yeah. So I, I expect that to be a fight uh, in the near future. Uh, Nurmagomedov will fight Tony Ferguson. Uh, that fight's been booked four times in the past. Each of them have pulled out twice because of injury. Uh, it's kind of the uh, the white whale of the MMA world. So that fight will happen now. Tony Ferguson established himself again as the number one contender with a fantastic performance in the co-main event on Saturday night that people forget about now because of that brawl. Uh, but that's that's the fight that's going to happen. So uh, I think they each fight somebody else. And then, and you know, maybe in the future, if there's a whole lot of demand for it, they fight again. But I, I can't see that being the next fight on the horizon. Yeah, GSP was in Calgary last week, as a matter of fact. He was pretty coy about those questions, but certainly left the door open to to fighting the winner or fighting either of these guys. So 
Yeah, I think you're right. There's some there's some dollars that make sense in that instance. Yeah. Uh, Adam, we'll leave it there. And by the way, I understand uh, on the hockey side of your job, you're going to be up in uh, in these neck of the woods next month. Is that right? Oh yeah. So back to hockey for me uh, after this uh, all this chaos. And uh, I'm not on this Golden Knights trip, but I'll be on the rest. And there's a nice Edmonton Calgary swing coming up next month that I'm pretty excited for. I, I have to I have to tell you, I'm excited to come up there. Mostly for the Tim Hortons, but also uh, you know I, I like the I like the uh, the entire country. Everywhere I've been in Canada has been great, so I'm looking forward to uh, my first trip to Calgary. Well, it'll be interesting. We got snow; it's freezing cold today. We're supposed to even be in the uh, upper 60s Fahrenheit by next week. So uh, you never know what you're going to get when you come. So <laughs> we'll spin the weather wait. roulette wheel and we'll see what it brings you. Adam, thanks for spending some time with us here today. Appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Take care. Uh, that's Adam Hill. He's a Golden Knights uh, reporter, MMA reporter for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, covering the aftermath of that uh, wild, wild spectacle on Saturday night. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Nirmada got him. Nirmag... <laughs> See, he said it pretty well. Uh, Nirmag... Uh, Nurmagadamov. 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 Khabib. He deserves some punishment, right? He shouldn't get off scot-free for what he did needs to be held accountable. But I think it's easy to understand why he reacted as he did. And, you know, he wasn't going after some, you know, seven-year-old trainer. He wasn't going after people in the stands. You know, he was, he was going after another MMA fighter. Uh, and he had some, some legitimate beef with that guy. That's not the way to do it, though. And so, yeah, he should be sanctioned. But again, I think if the UFC wants to, to push this to the limit, they shouldn't be surprised if this is what happens. If you're going to forgive Conor McGregor for what happened with the bus back in, in April, I mean, then, then how, can you, how can you crucify Habib for what he did? Right? So, yeah, I think a lot of this rests of the feet with, uh, you know, Dana White in particular and the UFC for how they've handled all of this. And just, you know, let's let Conor be Conor and we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll milk it all for all it's worth. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.